Welcome back to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you exclusive interviews with on-screen talent and behind-the-scenes creatives discovering their stories and how they're changing the face of stardom across media. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get to talking. Today, I am joined by an actor you know from stage and screen, including The Twilight Saga, X-Men First Class, The Blacklist, Startup, and most recently, Netflix's star-studded Western, The Harder They Fall, Mr. Eddie Kathegi. Eddie, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Oh, my pleasure. Very good. How are you doing? Uh, so, The Harder They Fall. I absolutely love this movie. Like we said, star-studded, this cast is stacked to the nines. You Incredible talent all around. And it was so intense and thrilling and, and I was surprised how funny it was at times. And that was sort of very much needed because it was such a intense movie. And given that the, most of your career has been drama, how was it getting to portray this character who would sort of have these one liners? And I mean, your banter with RJ Seiler was incredible. <laughs> so what was that whole experience like getting to play a slightly more comedic character given all the dramas that you've done? Well, you, you, you are right. I do. Uh, lean towards the dramatic roles. Um, however, <laughs> I'm not that dramatic of a person in real life. But my <laughs> friends know me as a clown. Mm. So, and, and and in fact, my current representation, I've been with them for eight years. Uh, they signed me after seeing me in a play where it was a comedy. Mm. Comedy is something that I love. And I, I love getting the opportunity to go back to it. And if you want to hear something funny, I never even looked at the characters Bill Pickett um, even up until maybe right now, when you said it's funny, <laughs> it, it, he's a dude who's part of this world mm. fighting to survive, fighting to protect the people that he loves at, by any means necessary. And he's got an annoying little brother who doesn't take <laughs> things seriously. That's that that's who Bill Pickett is. And, and, and if that's funny, uh, that's funny. But I tried to play the given circumstances of his reality, which is, man, this kid needs to grow up or we're all going to die. And right. I love him to death. So if that does happen, if that comes to pass, hey, I, I have a little culpability, too, because I'm rolling with him. Right. And with the character and with that description, it's perfect. It makes it, Bill, so relatable. You know, how many times can someone really say, like, oh, I found that um, outlaw or that cowboy character particularly relatable. But when you describe it that way of fighting to survive, which is the reality for so many people out there, especially people of color, especially in this country, and, you know, trying to protect these people that are like your family that will always have your back. And just, again, just the the groundedness of the project in all around really makes everyone so relatable and makes them human. They're not character in Westerns. A lot of times it's like this person's evil because the script says so. This person's an outlaw because the script says so. But like you said, they're fighting to survive. And that's just such a, a needed added layer to a project like this to make it stand out. Otherwise, it's just another Western. Lord knows how many Westerns have been done since the golden age of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And I like what you say about just <clears throat> villains being villains for the sake of it in, in, in Westerns particularly. What I like about this film is there are times where my as an audience member where my understanding lies with the villains with what Idris Elba's character is trying to do what his aspirations are I mean he just needs therapy but and, and by the way and by the way so does Nat you know these these two right. people are blinded by their own uh by their own issues their childhood issues at that uh but 
what Idris Elba's character is trying to do is is really revolutionary. You know, he's at the time he's really he, he has he has a big dream, and he's trying to push his community into the future forward. Uh, he just happens to be a little bit ruthless the way he goes about it. But that's not much different than people who have changed uh, uh, history in the past, in the present. You know, so some of these people are, in fact, monsters. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> um, so with this film as well, there's a lot of uh, education. And I know you've talked about that um, in other interviews. But because of the massive amounts of erasure, of black historical figures in media in general, but especially in the genre, in genres like Westerns, uh, which again, made up a huge chunk of movies since that golden age of Hollywood. What was it like being part of a project that wasn't just entertaining, but also educating people about these people who were real? Of course, there's a sense of like a heightened reality, um, but they're, at the end of the day, they're real people and they're frankly more interesting than their white counterparts that we've seen like Butch Cassidy. You know, like, uh, so what was it like for you being able to be a part of something that was not just entertaining, but also educational? Well, I think you hit on something that's very key. It's it's actually the fact that it's entertaining. It's the fact that it feels very commercial. It's the fact that it, it does hit the classic Western beats. You know, it's a revenge tale uh, that gives it the uh, opportunity to be a cultural, um, culturally successful film that travels, that people see. Mm. Now, when you add to that, um, I'm going to call it a formula for the ba ba basis of this conversation. But when you add to that formula, the fact that these characters, uh, at least by name, really existed, mm. uh, it just allows the conversation to deepen. And then it gives us the opportunity to have conversations like the one I'm having with you right now and say, you know, it's egregious, the erasure that's happened, because the Western genre in many ways was created by erasing black people from it. Mm. Some of the black cowboys, cowboy really was a term that was given to black people because they weren't seen as men. There were cow men, but the cowboys were black. They were so good at what they did that stories of their exploits spread far and wide. And writers got a hold of those stories and turned the characters in early film into white versions of these real black characters. Mm. So it was it, the, the genre ultimately began with on the basis of erasing us. So this movie is significant to kick these conversations of inclusion, of historical accuracy um, into high gear. And hopefully it's opening up more and more and more doors for the conversation to get deeper and deeper and deeper and for the inclusion to even become more inclusive. It's definitely something that the film opens up that conversation and hopefully, like you said, opens up doors for more stories like this to be told because it's incredibly necessary and increasingly necessary um, for more BIPOC stories to be told because like you said, there's been so much erasure in in the history of of Hollywood, of entertainment in general, um, that it's absolutely necessary. I, I see so much of that with my own Latinx community. It's really great to see projects like this come to fruition on such massive platforms like Netflix because that's also, that's definitely where the industry is headed is uh, more towards streaming. And those are becoming the more inclusive platforms. A question that we like to ask on the show is um, just thinking back to, to when you were growing up, is there a particular uh, performance or a TV show or a film where that you saw and you felt represented for the first time? 
it, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood by John Singleton was um, one of the first movies that I, I identify with where I was, where I was in my life, where I grew up. Um, and I would say the next movie was Friday mm-hmm. <laughs> with Chris Tucker, where I felt, oh, what, what is what is what this guy's this what this guy's doing in this movie is how I behave in high school. Mm-hmm. So okay, so I see I see a bit of myself represented there too, but it wasn't until I saw Don Cheadle in, I believe it was Crash. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Um, where I saw myself, where I went, oh, there's a it just physically just oh there's a dark skinned black man who's got a prominent role. In a, in a feature film on a big screen, oh, I, the world opened up for me to see myself up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until that moment where I realized that I could do more than what the limitations that society has dictated on my brain at that time of my life. That opened up everything. Mm-hmm. So Don Cheadle. And looking ahead to the industry, what is the change that you hope takes place in order to increase uh, the diversity and representation in media? Well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, just actually tie up what I was, what I was building towards and didn't land the plane is uh, Don, Don, Don Cheadle, me seeing Don Cheadle up there, that to me is what I hope to do for someone else, first of all, but a project like The Heart of They Fall, I hope that's what it's doing. Projects like Black Panther, I hope that's what it's Projects like Pose, projects like Glee, all of these projects where people who feel unseen see themselves and then their worlds expand instantaneously because it did happen in a moment for me. And I, and that's that's because these kinds of things happen in a moment. And I know that they're happening for people all, all the time. So just to, to have more opportunities for people to have those experiences you're sort of changing lives mm. so that's what i hope is that hollywood continues to take chances continues to listen to unique voices and to keep their doors open open them up a little bit wider because so many people have been kept out in criminal ways so those things are slowly changing and that's that's exciting and if you were to go back and uh tell your 13 year old self that you'd made it this far, do you think they'd believe you? No, I don't think they would care, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and if you could go back and give that 13-year-old you um, any advice, what would you tell them? Uh, I would say, track me down when you're 18 and you might understand some of these things that I'm saying to you. <laughs> Well, Eddie, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, I absolutely love this film and definitely hope that more stories like this are told. But yeah, so where can folks find you on Instagram if they want to give you a follow? Yeah, you can follow me at I am Eddie Gathegi. Uh, and you, you, you won't meet an actor who says don't follow me because you'll be disappointed at my my frequency with which I am <laughs> active. Um, go ahead and follow me. Just don't expect me to do anything. <laughs> I'm really bad at social media. All of you listening, you can follow us at Media Village Com on Instagram. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to Media Village Podcast to never miss an episode. And don't miss The Heart of They Fall now streaming on Netflix. I'm Juan Yala, That's Eddie Gathegi. And you're listening to Multicultural TV Talk.